Chapter 6. Side Effects Warning for antidepressant side effects, vomiting, suicidal thoughts, and panic attacks. Moore and Madison found that nearly 17% of adults in the U.S. reported filing at least one prescription for a psychiatric drug in 2013. Scientific American Peter sees Tony's psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Mary Layden. Mr. Stark comes in with him for the first session. Peter is too anxious to do it on his own. Neither his mentor nor Dr. Layden seem to mind. He expects her to interrogate him. Instead, she just smiles warmly as they push through a round of painfully awkward introductions. Afterwards, she gestures for Peter and Tony to sit and points to a Jenga tower resting on the table. I thought the three of us could play a quick game. How does that sound, boys? Peter blinks. That wasn't what he was expecting. Sure. I'll go first. Dr. Layden pulls out the first log and reads a question off of it. What's your favorite animal? Well, that's definitely a dog. I have three at home. Your turn, Mr. Stark. If Tony is at all uncomfortable with the childishness of the game, he doesn't show it. Instead, he just selects his own block and answers the question. Oh, what's your favorite candy? He shrugs and sets the log aside. Twizzlers, the red kind. Go, kid. Peter's question makes him blush instantly. Who is your role model? He glances shyly at his mentor before waving in his general direction. He's right there. Tony's face softens and he bumps Peter's knee with the back of his hand. Nothing else needs to be said. They play the game without incident for a while. In fact, Peter manages to avoid the really deep questions until they're nearing the end. What do you want most in the entire world? Peter's hands shake a little as he grips the block. I... I... He looks to Tony for direction, but the man just gestures towards Dr. Layden silently. 
Peter's voice wobbles along with his vision. He can feel anxiety push fingers up his throat. I want it to be quiet. Dr. Layden crosses her legs and leans back in her seat, as if they weren't discussing anything more interesting than the weather. And what do you mean by that, Peter? My thoughts are loud and they're circles, and I don't want them to do that anymore. I want them to be quiet. Well, that seems like a pretty rational thing to wish for. She starts looking for her next piece. It's my turn now, right? After that first session, everyone insists that Peter goes into therapy alone. Dr. Layden explains to him the necessity of not using his mentor or aunt as emotional crutches, and Tony and May try to tell him that he needs to talk about his feelings without fear of their judgment. All of it seems like bullshit to the teenager, but he doesn't protest. I need you to understand that these sessions are completely confidential, but if I believe you are a danger to yourself or others, I will have to inform Mr. Stark and your aunts. I understand. Dr. Layden fiddles with her pen before asking the next question in a gentle voice. Do you think about suicide, Peter? Sometimes. Tony tells me that you two have created a system. Yeah. Can you tell me about it? He asks me if I want to die, and then I answer. Then he asks me to give it a number, and I do. A number? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 means it's a really good day, and 10 means it's a really bad day. How often do you have really good days? Not often. How about really bad days? They happen more often than really good days, I guess. Sometimes I stand on my roof, but I never jump. And why not? Because of the things I know, I have a list. And what's on your list, Peter? Lots of things. And which of those things stops you from jumping? Tony Stark will never let me fall. It's number five. I see. By the end of that session, he is diagnosed with social anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and clinical depression. It's a long list of very scary words, but Tony sits him down and tells him about his long list of very scary words, and Peter feels better. Do you feel like your anxiety is invalid, Peter? Sometimes. And why is that? Because everyone gets nervous around people, it just seems stupid that I can't handle it like everyone else. The teenager shrugs. I'm too sensitive, I guess. Dr. Layden shakes her head. I'm not entirely sure that's accurate, Peter. You see, when other people meet someone new, they get nervous. It's like the moment right before you jump off of a rope swing at the lake. You're scared, but you're also excited because you're with all your friends and the sun is warm and you're having fun, right? I can't swim. He is trying to be difficult but Dr. Layden doesn't rise to the bait. She just laughs a little and shrugs, completely unaffected. Okay, then. It's like when you're Spider-Man. I've seen videos of you. You jump from some pretty impressive heights when you're webbing around the city. When you're falling, don't you feel that rush of excitement tinged with a little bit of fear? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Good. You see, that's what other people feel when they're in a social setting. A little thrill, 
maybe a tingle of fear, and then it goes away. But you work differently. When you meet someone new, your brain interprets the situation as an immense threat on your life. It equates a social interaction to, say, being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. It fills your body up with adrenaline so you can run away, so you can survive. My body sounds stupid. Not stupid, just different. Then different is stupid. Do you think Mr. Stark is stupid? Peter's entire being recoils at the concept. No. His IQ is in the top 1% of people on the planet. That means he's different. If you really want to generalize that statement, then you have to include him too. There is a pause while Peter's brain whirls. You're not playing fair. I'm here to help you, Peter. Sometimes that doesn't mean playing fair. Peter likes her. Dr. Layden brings Mr. Stark and May into the room during their seventh session. I'd like to discuss something with you and Peter, Miss Parker. Is it all right if Tony stays? I know you said you wanted him involved in this process, but I wanted to be sure before we continue. Call me May, and yes, I want him here. Please. Of course. Dr. Layden glances down at her clipboard before looking at May gently. I'd like to try Peter on an antidepressant called Valifaxine. It's proven to help with social phobia, depression, and certain symptoms of PTSD. May flounders. Tony takes up the slack. You think medication is necessary? I do. May finds her voice. He's just... he's so young. You're right, May. He is young. That's precisely why it's so important to ensure that we give Peter every tool he needs to cope with his mental health now, rather than later. Don't you agree? It occurs to Peter that Dr. Layden is very good with words. They seem to arrange themselves perfectly at her whim. For Dr. Layden, they are always the right words. But for Peter, they are not. For Peter, they are always wrong. Circles. Circles and circles and circles. Always the wrong words. Always the same words. Always come back to this. Circles and circles and circles. May wrings her hands nervously in her lap, but relents. Yes. Yes, of course. You're right. Tony's voice is quiet, and it commands the room. It always does. Are there side effects? Unfortunately, yes. It's difficult to find an antidepressant that doesn't have at least a few possibly unpleasant side effects. Dr. Layden changes her attention to Peter now. He feels Tony's hand come to rest on his kneecap. A reminder that he is there. A reminder that Peter does not have to face this fight alone. A reminder that Tony Stark will never let Peter Parker fall. The most likely side effect you might experience is drowsiness. For some people, this fades after a few weeks. For others, it doesn't. We'll have to play it by ear. I'll give you, your aunt, and Mr. Stark each a list of the possible side effects so you can watch for them, all right? Okay. She looks between May and Tony. Since Peter is still a teenager, there is a heightened risk of suicidal behavior during the first few weeks of taking the drug. Someone needs to be with him constantly during that danger zone. Is that possible? May looks at Tony helplessly. My shifts. I... I can't. His mentor steps in without hesitation. We'll handle it. Dr. Layden places him on temporary homebound. It's strange, 
not going to school, but it's also one of the greatest reliefs of Peter's life. He takes his first dose of his antidepressant in the morning with breakfast. May is working, so he knocks it back with orange juice from the fridge in the tower, and ends up watching ancient aliens with Tony Stark's arms slung casually over his shoulders. Peter of two years ago would have been squealing with excitement. Peter of now is terrifyingly numb. There are two episodes in when he starts to feel shitty. Mr. Stark? His mentor's entire body jerks in his direction. Yeah? I'm, uh, I'm not feeling great. How? Peter's stomach is cramping, and he keeps swallowing down mouthfuls of sticky saliva. His eyelids are weirdly heavy, and he feels... detached. Absent in a way that's different than his zeros and ones. Suddenly, there's a two. It feels like he's wavering on the edge of a system-wide failure. The new number doesn't compute. It doesn't fit. Kinda spacey. Think I might puke. Tony has a bowl in his lap before Peter can even blink. Did you have that ready? His mentor gives him a pained smile. Nausea is one of the most common side effects. Great. Peter makes it 30 more seconds before the first round of vomit races up his throat. He spends his next few hours heaving until his abs ache and his throat burns. It's like his body is reeling against the medication. Peter wonders if anxiety and depression know that he is trying to kill them. If they're revolting, is this a war? If so, what happens if he loses? Will they smother him just like he's trying to smother them? He doesn't want to be choked into nothingness. That is not the silence he needs. Mr. Stark only leaves his side to empty and clean the bowl. He is somehow always back to catch the teenager's next bout of nausea, like he understands Peter's stomach more than Peter understands Peter's stomach. His mentor's hands trail up and down Peter's spine, occasionally tugging through his sweaty curls, or massaging the back of his neck. The man's gentle murmurs of encouragement become the backdrop to Peter's misery. Just hang in there, bud. It'll pass. We'll get through it. We'll get through it all. By the time Peter's stomach finally settles, he is exhausted. He doesn't know if it's because of depression, or the persistent vomiting, or the antidepressants. All he knows is that Tony practically carries him to the bathroom, washes the crusty vomit and snot off of his face, and tucks him into bed while continuing his litany of comforts. There you go, kitty. I told you it would pass. Now you can have a nice nap while I catch up on some paperwork, and when you wake up, we can play Uno. How's that sound, buddy? Peter knows he should answer, but he's too tired and spacey to try. He thinks he hums a little, but he isn't really sure. Tony's hands start carting through Peter's curls. I'll take that as a yes. Yes. Yes and no. Zeros and ones. Circles. It always comes back to this. Mr. Stark? What do you need, Pete? When will it be over? Soon, bud. Really soon. Peter really wishes he believed him. Peter can hear Tony's phone call with Dr. Layden from his bedroom. I know it's only been two days, but he's not doing well. How so? He's just so... apathetic. He's asleep more than he's awake. Hell, 
This morning, I dragged him out of bed and shoved breakfast down his throat just so I could give him the exact drug that's causing all this shit in the first place. He's passed out in his bed right now. I'm supposed to give him back to his aunt this evening, and she's going to accuse me of giving her a zombie rather than a child. We just need to give it time. It's not unheard of for teenagers to have reactions like this when they first start antidepressants. And putting that aside, a lot of what you're describing could just be symptoms of his depression directly. Are you sure the dose isn't too high? Tony. Peter is briefly startled by the first name, until he remembers that Dr. Layden is also Mr. Stark's psychiatrist. We ran multiple tests against his blood with about five different shield specialists. This is the dose he needs with his metabolism. It's just so much. He's enhanced, Tony. It has to be a lot. I know. I'm just... You're afraid that you're making the wrong choices for him. I know you've been struggling with Peter looking up to you as a father figure, especially considering your negative associations with parenthood because of Howard. But, Tony, this is necessary. You're doing the right thing for your kid, I promise. Hey, I thought I was talking to Peter's shrink right now. I'm multitasking. Is Peter showing any signs of being suicidal? He's been suicidal. More so than usual? No. Frankly, Mary, I don't think he has the energy to kill himself. That's not entirely a bad thing at this point in the treatment. You can't be serious. Go sit with him, Tony. Let him sleep if that's all he can do. But engage him if you can. Just be there for him. Let me know if anything changes. I'll see you two tomorrow. There is defeat in Tony's voice when he responds. Yeah, all right. If he didn't feel so subdued, Peter might have felt guilty. Tony slips into his room a few minutes later, footsteps faltering and voice hesitant. You awake, buddy? Yeah. Cool. Peter hears his mentor shuffle around the room before the bed sinks with his weight. Sit up for me. Peter's entire body protests the movement, but he pushes the comforter away from his chin and wiggles until he's sitting partially upright, propped by a large stack of pillows. Tony is watching him with a smile that is half fond and half sad. The man wordlessly hands Peter a Wii controller. Peter yawns, rubbing at his eyes blearily. Wii playing something? Yep. The idea of trying to wrestle his drugged-up reflexes through a game of Mario Kart is exhausting. What game? I Spy Spooky Mansion. Oh, not Mario Kart, then. You own that? Pepper likes the I Spy stuff. Thought you might like something a little tamer than usual today. Peter knows that this is his cue to feel gratitude, fondness, love. If he digs enough, he can find the memory of these feelings. A whispered suggestion that he's feeling them now, too. He clings to the faint echo as Tony starts the game. Numbness is not meant to hurt, but Peter Parker knows that it does. He knows that it hurts more than anything else there is. Two weeks after starting venlafaxine, Peter breaks. Tony is staying with him in his apartment until May gets back from her overnight shift, but he is sitting on the couch in the living room, and Peter is in his bed, so it is just Peter, anxiety, and depression all tangled up on the bottom bunk. His comforter is too warm, and yet he is so cold. He can taste sweat on his lips, 
but he can also feel his inside splintering and cracking with frost. Peter Parker knows that there is no winter breeze that is as frigid as this. There is no cold like the cold that crawls out from inside your own ribcage. Ribcage? 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 Why do they call it a ribcage? What needs the cage? Are we trying to trap the cold? If so, I think my locks are broken. Or is it Peter Parker that needs to be confined? Am I the monster? Am I the dead weight sinking down our ship? The bow fills with icy water as the wood gives way. I am the Titanic, and anxiety is the iceberg. Depression is the water. Anxiety starts the spiral, but it is depression that will finish me off. It is depression that will sting my lungs and close my eyes and turn my fingertips blue. It is depression that will kill me. Or will I do that myself? His ears ring with the thoughts. He wants them to stop. He'd do anything to make them stop. He is locked up. He is a monster shackled with chains and bolts and barbed wire strings. Locked behind a ribcage. Unforgiving clarity shocks through his mind and snarls through his limbs. I want to die. He has thought this thought before, but this time the thinking of the thought is different. It settles simply against his psyche. It is the only concept there. The rest of his being is a barren field of blessed nothingness. For a moment, it is almost silent. There is true silence waiting for him. It is so close, he can taste it. The absolute absence of sound. Not bad absence, good absence. The absence he wants. All he has to do is go to the roof. All he has to do is fall. 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 And then the terror bleeds in. He shoves away the blankets and stumbles out of his room. The afterimage from his alarm clock's bright display of 1.58 a.m. blurring against his retinas and the aftershocks of his internal weakness shaking his knees and nearly collides with his mentor as the man wanders out of the kitchen. Peter? Tony lunges to catch the teenager as he crumples because... Tony Stark will never let me fall. How could I be so stupid? Tony Stark will never let Peter Parker fall. The list, the list, the list, the list. I want to die. Peter clings to Tony's collar as hot tears burn down his cheeks. When he tries to gasp in a breath, he chokes on the snot dripping down the back of his throat. I want to die. I can't stop it. I want to die, but I don't want to die. He does not understand how he can be crying so fiercely while floating in absence. He does not feel, and yet he feels so much. He is detached. He is afraid. He is a fault line. The tectonic plates are colliding him into an earthquake. There is only destruction from here. He is breaking. He can feel his pieces splintering. He tries to rate it on the Richter scale, but he only knows zeros and ones. MJ once told him that they were all made of stardust. Every human being is a symphony of a million little suns, a beautiful anthology of cosmic wreckage. I am made up of the echoes of a thousand broken stars. I am a landfill composed of their broken parts. My very atoms were created in the forge of fire and death. I was always meant to self-destruct. Tony's hand threads through Peter's curls. His mentor is tapping a staccato rhythm against the teenager's ribcage. Ribcage, 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 ribcage. Why do I need the cage? 
He can feel the beats from Tony's fingertips pulse through his lungs and out through his veins. He becomes the rhythm. It consumes him. The fault line stills. The earthquake falters. Tony Stark can make Stardust toy with tranquility. I'm here, Peter. I'm not going to let you hurt yourself. You did good, buddy. They are sitting on the floor now. Peter's knees are drawn up against Tony's stomach in a way that cannot be comfortable for the billionaire. But he does not flinch. He just keeps tapping. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. Peter burps on a sob and tastes bile. He swallows it down with a shoulder. He swallows it down with a shudder. I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it. God, I was actually gonna do it. But you didn't. You didn't. You came to me. I'm so proud of you, Peter. I'm so, so proud of you. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. We're going to fix this. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. I'm going to call Dr. Layden, and we're going to throw a massive farewell party for your venlafaxine and find something else. Tap, tap, tap. Tap. Something better. Okay, buddy? Peter nods against Tony's chest and closes his eyes. He pushes away the throbbing in his stomach and the vomit in his throat and the screaming in his head and lets his mentor's steady rhythm fill every dusty nook and cranny inside him. His bones and limbs and eyelids grow heavy with its weight. Every thought dissipates. Anxiety and depression retreat somewhere far away. He can still feel them, lurking at the periphery of his mind, but their chatter is warbled by distance. Peter Parker does not find silence, but he finds simplicity. He decides that it is almost the same thing. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, 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 tap. tap. 